judgment, separation, and eternal punishment. I would like to invite you to my sermon this morning. You know, we live in a world that comfort's a big thing, right? We've talked about this before. We all like to be comfortable. We don't like to be uncomfortable. We don't like things that make us uncomfortable. Am I right? Well, this passage that we are going to take a look at today is one of those passages that can maybe make us a little bit uncomfortable. And you're going to see why as we, as we go through this. But just to recap what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, two weeks ago, I preached about the ten virgins. Five of them were foolish, five were wise. And Jesus told this parable about the, the five wise that had enough oil for their lamps you know, the oil representing the faith. And then when Jesus came back, they were the ones that were ready and prepared. And then he told us the parable about the parable of the talents that Pastor Ben talked to us about last week. What are you doing with the talents that God has given you? This is all in the same discussion. And now he's going to end this discussion with the sheep and the goats. And remember, this is all taking place the week of Holy Week. Just a couple days after Jesus says these words, he will be crucified on the cross. And so, taking this into context, this is the end of this discussion that we've been talking about for the last couple weeks. And so, something to keep in mind about as we read through this sheep and the goats. It's not necessarily a parable like most of Jesus's parables because yes Jesus is going to use the sheep the goat the shepherd imagery but everything else that he talks about is going to happen the way he says so it's kind of a parable but kind of not so just keep that in mind as we go through this so if you have your Bibles I encourage you to open them up to Matthew chapter 25 Beginning with verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will seat on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come. You who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you? Or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then the king will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and 
You gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So there we have the sheep and the goats. So there's four things that really jumped out to me as I read through this numerous times. Because like I said, this isn't one of those texts I would say, I mean, I'm a newer pastor, right, that I was super excited about preaching about. In fact, I was thinking about, I, I should give this to Pastor Ben. So I don't have to preach on it because it's not super comfortable. But there's four things from this that jumped out to me that I wanted to share with you this morning. And by the way, the notes on your sheets that you got, worship sheets, are incorrect. I changed my mind on this sermon halfway through the week. So they're not going to match up. But the first point that we can take from this, there will be a judgment day. And this is one of those things that's not comfortable to think about. There will be a day of reckoning. But it is coming. We confess it in our creeds every week. We just confessed it in the Apostles' Creed. When we say the Nicene Creed, we confess it there too. That there will be a judgment day. So I want you to picture for a moment a courtroom scene. You know, the judge is always front and center. The judge is always up a little bit higher than everybody else. On this last day, on this judgment day, Jesus will be the one sitting in that judge's seat. Except it'll be more of a glorious throne as he tells us here in these verses. And instead of a bailiff... There's going to be angels coming with him. So picture that as we go through this message. And before Jesus, before the throne, stands each and every one of us at the defendant's stand. That's the first thing that jumped out to me about this. There will be a judgment day. The second thing, on judgment day, there will be a separation. Jesus is very clear here. And this isn't the only passage, by the way, in the Bible that talks about this. The separation will con consist of only two groups. There's no middle ground. There's no gray area. There's only right and left. There's only heaven and hell. There are no shoats or geep. There's only sheep and goats. And those goats, by the way, who like to dress up as sheep are going to be exposed for who they are on this day. They will not slip by the judge 
They won't get off on any kind of technicality. All masks are off in this courtroom. No more pretending, no more acting. There is only truth with Jesus as the judge. You know, in this life, sometimes it is hard to distinguish sheep from goats, right? There's a lot of goats dressed up like sheep trying to fool us. But not in this court. It's all going to be laid bare on that day. So that's the second point. There will be a judgment day, and on this judgment day, there will be a separation. Two groups, one going to heaven, one going to hell. Third one, third point. The sheep are those who have faith in Jesus, and the goats are those who have rejected Jesus. It's as simple as that. And what do we talk about with this faith? This faith is a gift that you and I have been given, us believers. When we were baptized, when we heard the word of God, the Holy Spirit uses the word of God, uses the waters of holy baptism to create that faith in us. And this is the faith that makes us sheep. You don't have to doubt that. We don't have to be afraid of judgment day. But the ones who have rejected Christ, eh. And Jesus is very clear here in these verses. The sheep will go to the kingdom prepared by God from the foundation of the world. He's created a place for you and I. And that's where we're going to go on that day. This passage may seem like it's not very comforting, but please take comfort in this. We are going to heaven, amen? But another point that sometimes gets missed, heaven and hell are real places. And just to prove to you, this is a survey, a research that was done in 2021 by the Pew Research Center. They do a lot of things with religious stuff and Christian stuff. And they did this about what people believed, adults, believed about the afterlife or heaven and hell. All adults, whether they were Christian or non-Christian, 73% of them believe there is a heaven, and 62% believe there's a hell. It's a little bit different for Christians that were surveyed. 92% believe there's a heaven. I would really like to talk to the 8% that said they don't believe in heaven and call themselves Christian. And then 79% of the Christians surveyed said there is no hell. Why would somebody say there's no hell? Because that's not a happy place. We don't want to think about that. It's uncomfortable. The heat. The fire, right? So here's a couple other stats for you. Amongst men, 68% say there's a heaven. 59% say there's a hell. Come on, man. Women are better. 78% say there's a heaven. 65% say there's hell. And then they, they had this stat here. One in six Americans don't believe in any kind of afterlife. 
That's really sad. Can you think about that for a second? If our lives on this earth was it, when we die, and we will die because of our sin, that's it? We just go into the ground and that's it? Could you imagine how depressing that would be? How horrible that is? One in six people that we come across believe there's nothing after this life. That's really sad. And that's why we continue to witness about Jesus, the good shepherd. The last point, the last thing that jumped out to me about this, because this is something that confuses people too. What's the deal with the good works being brought up? You know what I mean? A lot of times people will point to this passage and say, see, this is, we have to do these things in order to be saved. Isn't that what Jesus is saying here? There's one important detail, though, that gets lost a lot of times when, when we look at this passage. And Jesus, you know, is talking to the sheep and saying they fed and, and clothed him and, and all that stuff. And the goats didn't do those things. Notice that the sheep received their blessing before Jesus mentions those things. Because our works don't save us. We can't say that's enough because there's lots of people, Christians included, that think that you have to do certain things still to get to heaven. And that's not how we get to heaven. You notice the sheep and the goat ask those questions. You know, when did we see you thirsty and hungry and when did we not do this or that? Or when did we do this or that? That's after Jesus has already separated them. They're already separated. We are not sheep because of our work. We are sheep because of the work of the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep on the cross. The good shepherd is the one doing the caring, the feeding, the guiding, the rescuing. When we go off track, he brings us back. And then ultimately, he's going to bring us to the house of the Lord forever. That's what this day is talking about, the judgment day, the last day. We will go and dwell with the good shepherd in the house of the Lord forever. You notice during the confession absolution when I was reading from Ezekiel 34 about God talking about himself being the shepherd, what other passage does that remind you of? It's a very popular psalm. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. You see this common theme throughout the Bible? He is our shepherd. We are the sheep. And we can't get that mixed up. There's one verse that sums this up, a couple verses that sums this up beautifully. It's in Ephesians chapter 2, and we usually just like to read verse 8. But let's look at all three verses here, 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand. And that we should walk in them. 
our faith will produce good works. Even when we don't realize it. You notice the sheep didn't realize when they were doing those things. That's why they asked the question. Because our faith produces that. Why? Because of what Jesus did for us. We get to do these good works. You know, back to that courtroom scene for a second. You know, we stand, as I said, at the defendant's table, accused of our sins. But you know what? The judge doesn't see those sins. Because why? Because he sees the sacrifice of his son Jesus, the good shepherd who laid down his life. That's how he sees us now. Through the perfect life, work, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We are no longer accused. Jesus died to wipe the slate clean. Our debt has been paid. I can't say enough things about this. We have been made free. We've been set free because of Jesus. And so we get to do these good works. And you know what? On that last day, none of the things you've done, any sins that you confess today, or maybe there's a sin back in your past that you just can't get out of your head. Does Satan mess with any of you like he does me? Oh, Scott, you remember that time back in 1997 when you did that? And then you feel pretty cruddy about yourselves. Has anybody else experienced that? Don't let him do it! He wants you to dwell on that stuff. Jesus has wiped the slate clean, and in that courtroom, those sins aren't going to show up. Because of his precious blood washes away our sin. And all of this is a gift. We can't ever remind ourselves enough. This is all a gift. We have a good shepherd who loves us that much. And God has made you one of his sheep. And here's my challenge for you this morning and this week and this upcoming Advent season. Next Sunday we begin Advent already. Follow the good shepherd in faith. And do the good works he has prepared for you to do. Amen. Let's pray.